Welcome to Babby's house where everybody is a member of the family. I am so glad you're joining me today. I have a wonderful guest for you and he is one of my favorite authors and his name is Max Lucado and he has written the perfect read aloud book for kids called Where'd My Giggle Go? This new picture book helps kids process their emotions in a fun and healthy way so they can transform from grumpy to happy. Max Lucado, thanks for joining me today, my friend. Babby, it's such a treat to see you. I, I think that would be the only occasion which Grumpy would come out of your mouth because you're never grumpy. <laughs> well, you're don't talk to my husband of... and my kids about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been that's a source what, of joy show. and inspiration. Yeah, there you go. Well, thank you for letting me have these moments with you today. Thank you, my friend, and congratulations on your brand new book called Where'd My Giggle Go? You know, you can't say the title without smiling. Isn't that a great title? And, and you know what? It works. I've got two grandchildren, and uh, their age is six and three. And when they've got the grumpies, when they're cranky, then we just start talking about, just say, hey, honey, what happened to your giggle? Where'd it go? Yes. And my, my six-year-old, has learned the first line of the book. I woke up this morning with a frown on my face. I looked for my smile. I looked all over the place. I looked high. I looked low. I looked out in the snow. Can somebody tell me where'd my giggle go? And she'll just laugh. And just yes. the, the just the phrase uh, helps helps her uh, get her footing again. Yes. Well, Max, you have written some of my favorite books. Uh, my bookshelf is dedicated to Max Lucado books. <laughs> and you have written books like God Came Near, He Still Moves Stones, In the Grip of Grace, In the Eye of the Storm, Traveling Light. And that's just for starters. So what inspired you to write a book for kids? You know, uh, baby, I'm a granddad, as I just mentioned. And it's just like being reintroduced uh, to life as a parent. I'm so thankful that our grandchildren live just 10 minutes from us. So we get to see them a lot. Uh, and so uh, we were in charge of the grandkids on Wednesdays. Uh, I'm semi-retired now from the church. And so um, we have a little more flexibility and uh, we, we call Wednesday Didi day because my wife is Dinalyn. And uh, I'm, here's the truth. I'm so excited when they show up and I'm so excited when they go home. Because <laughs> they they wear me out. I how how did we have the energy to do this, Babby? Back Absolutely. when we I'm were a young. grandmother too. I get it. <laughs> well, my sympathy goes to parents of young children because they need all the help they can get. Absolutely, you got to have a lot of energy. Love to see the. My husband says I love it when I see the tail lights drive down the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right you know the days that we're living in uh the these events are chipping away at our joy one event at a time yeah. and all of us need the assurance that everything is going to be okay but do kids need an extra dose of that assurance i think so 
so alarming, these statistics that we're seeing. Just in the last month, uh, the American Psychological Association re released a study that said that 91% of children born since 1996, that's Gen Z or Generation Z, 91% of them are dealing with symptoms of anxiety and depression. Wow. 91%. And so you stop and think about that means nine out of 10 kids that you see in a middle school or high school, or you maybe, you know, even in college are dealing with these emotions that are so hard to deal with. Uh, I know COVID contributed to that. I know the crazy 2020 that we had in our election cycle contributed to that. I know the racial tension has contributed to that. I feel like all of us just got knocked off of our uh, equilibrium. We lost our balance. Uh, as adults, we have a little more experience and so we can process it more. But our bless our, the young people's hearts. Uh, this, is, this is hard for them. And so I'm hoping that we can help them process the emotions they're feeling. Yes. You know, Max, you have a beautiful way with words and you have a real insight. Your, your insight in the life of Jesus is just, um, you know, we just get these beautiful pictures of the heart of Jesus. And Jesus, as we read in the New Testament, had a way with kids. He said, blessed, you know, for, forsake not, or let the children come to me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of heaven. So can you talk about that relationship that, that Jesus has with kids? You know, uh, uh, that's just the perfect verse uh, that, that, that helps us understand that it's God's desire that we have the, the heart of a child. And children are so trusting. Children are so quick to forgive. Uh, children uh, are so willing to experience new things. Uh, children love to laugh. Children love to trust. So all these attributes that children have uh, are really the, the picture that God wants us to look at when, he's, when he says, here's what it's like to be in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and he loves children. But let me also mention that he loves parents. I remember when somebody pointed out to me that every time a parent came to Jesus on behalf of their child, mm. Jesus stopped and responded. Wow. And that's really true. He responded, you know, Powerful. when... When the, when, when the daughter of Jairus was ill, Jesus stopped what he was doing. Uh, when the mother asked Jesus to, to help uh, her daughter, even though she herself was not Jewish, Jesus changed his schedule to help. Uh, there's all these opportunities and examples of fathers coming to Christ on behalf of their children who were sick or struggling. Jesus always helped. And so I know parenting is tough, but you know, the the privilege is we can pray for our kids because every time a parent prays, God responds. Mm, that's beautiful. Uh, this book is also very practical. There is a, a reader's guide that comes, that's available with the book. Can you talk a little bit about that reader's guide? You know, it's just an opportunity for us to dig in and understand a little bit more about what these emotions are like for our kids. Here are two things that parents can do for children. Number one, we can give our children a vocabulary. The children have these emotions coming at them like sadness or, or anger 
or, or, or anxiety or fear. They don't even know what words to use to tell us how they feel. So when we take a phrase like, where'd my giggle go? What we're doing is we're giving them vocabulary and giving us a common ground on which we can discuss this. And then number two, we can help them learn to manage their emotions. As adults, I hope we've all learned that emotions are not sins. Emotions are mm. just feelings. Now, they can lead to sinful behavior. They can cause us to do destructive deeds. Uh, they can cause us to try to anesthetize our pain. They can lead to sinful behavior. But just because I feel anxious, that doesn't mean I'm sinning. Uh, hopefully, as adults, we've learned that. Uh, and as children, we need to help them learn that. It really doesn't help us to say to our kids, now, you shouldn't feel that way. Because the truth mm -hmm. of the matter is we just feel things. We feel things. What we can help our children do is let me help you change your feelings or let me help you feel better. Let's talk about it. Why do you think you're sad? What made you angry? How come you're afraid? We can help process and give our children an, an, an exit strategy to get out of these emotions. Uh, and then a sub point of that would be let's, don't, let's help our children understand that uh, they are not their emotion. You know, just because they feel sad, that doesn't mean they're sad people. Uh, just because they're angry, doesn't mean they're angry people. Uh, I don't like that phrase that we often hear adults say, well, I've just always been this way. I've, or my mm. mom was like this. I'm always this way. Now stop that. Let's don't think in those terms. With God, everything is new. He is always creating newness. And so let's open ourselves to the possibility of a new version of ourselves. And we can help our children see this as well. You know, Max, thanks for bringing that up because the Bible does tell us that Jesus uh, is a, he's acquainted with our grief. And the Bible says that he experienced every emotion that we experience yet without sin. Yeah, without so, sin. What a great point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look so, at him in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, to praying with urgency to the point that his capillaries burst and, and, and sweat comes down his face in the form of blood or intermingled with blood. That's stress. He's feeling stress. He felt anxiety, but he didn't let anxiety lead him into destructive behavior. And so that's what this is all about, is helping our children understand that even though these motions come our way, they don't have to control our day. Oh, that's good. See, you're a, you're a poet. You're a natural poet. <laughs> you, and this is what I love about the book. The book is the perfect, uh, it has that perfect lilt, you know, that perfect rhyme, uh, that sing song kind of a rhyme scheme uh, that, that we love about kids' books. Um, so are there any more kids' books coming down the pike? Yeah, yeah. You know, I guess I'll just keep doing what you're doing, Babby, and just keep going until Christ calls me home. Uh, I've got a few more ideas. You know, where'd my Google go will be followed by where did my thank you go? Uh, then where did my I'm sorry go? And so just helping these kids uh, uh, understand and process the emotions. Uh, I, I love writing children's books, uh, and I have for, for a long, long time. Uh, I, I do think I'm going to try to slow down a little bit. You know, I'm 66 years old. Uh, I still preach at our church, but I'm not the senior pastor. Uh, I preach about 20 times a year, but I'm not in charge of the staff, not running the budget. That's all. I'm happy to give that up. What about you? Are, are you still going full speed, or what's going on in your world? 
Thank you for asking me, Max. Um, yes, I think COVID did put a, a big crunch on my schedule, but um, for the first time in a very long time, I really learned what rest is about. And I think I didn't know it, but I was probably suffering from exhaustion, just from going, going, going for so many years without stopping. Um, and then when COVID hit, uh, life came to a screeching halt and I was able to rest and play in the, in the garden and play with the grandkids and take walks. And we live in the country, take walks in the pasture. And it was really, I got a really good taste of what rest really looks and feels like. So thank you for asking about that. Are, are you, well, gonna, are you oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I know you're the one doing the interview, but, but I'm curious, do you, do you think you'll, uh, change? Is this going to change the way you lead your life in ministry? Absolutely, because now that I've gotten a taste of what rest really feels like, and I really uh, have kind of gotten a new routine with being at home and doing laundry and cooking every day and spending time with my family, and that really feels so good, um, and really feels like a, a normal life, um, I, I don't want to, you know, now that concerts are kind of opening back up, I don't want to go back to the way things were, and so I, I really want to try to practice saying no. But you know what I found is that God is the ultimate booking agent and he knows the seasons that I'm in and he knows the seasons that we're in. And I, I think ultimately he can help me control, uh, you know, the, the flow of concerts. So I'm hoping that there'll be, um, you know, that it'll be a new kind of a new rhythm and a new routine, but I know he's going to help me maybe say no a little bit more. And uh, that will that will help me to kind of gauge the days ahead. I really want to kind of find that elusive thing we call balance. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, when I my my wife and I uh, have been trying to do the very same thing. Uh, you know what we did? Uh, we reclaimed our evenings. You know, as a pastor, all my evenings it, it felt like all my life were somebody else's you know we had and wonderful things that's the challenge right they're all good things uh but we had prayer meetings i had elders meetings we had committee meetings and so many evenings were taken up and so about uh this was actually pre-covid uh we tried to define what semi-retirement would look like and i said honey i'd just love to have our evenings at home I did have a evening Bible study once a week that I had led for years, but I even gave that up about uh, nine or 10 months ago. And sometimes I struggle with guilt about that, you know, to be quite honest, Babby. Uh, but then also I, I feel grateful. I feel grateful. Dina and my wife and I will just eat dinner together and we'll watch a Netflix show. Uh, we, we, do, we relax. And, and sometimes I think our, our understanding of normal got out of, was, in a, was a poor definition. I just don't think God made us to run like crazy all the time. But we Absolutely. do better when we just kind of slow it all down. So I've, I, I'm, I'm going to try to do the same. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, being a grandparent uh, has taught me the, the beauty of what unconditional love really looks like. Yeah. And as I read your book, you know, I thought not only is this book for kids, but there's a big lesson here for grownups 
um, because there's just something about, you know, plopping down on the sofa or in a comfy chair and kicking your feet over on the, you know, slinging your feet over on the arm of the chair and reading a good kid's book. And uh, your, your grandkids live a few minutes from you. Mine live about an hour and a half of, from me. Um, and our other grandkids live in Detroit, but there's always Zoom, you know? So yeah. I, I see myself, you know, getting on Zoom and reading this to my grandkids, but it's just, there's something really familiar. Uh, like remember back in the day, you and I were born, I think about the same year. And rem I don't know about in your school, but in my school, we had reading groups, the red birds and the blue birds and the yellow birds. And we <laughs> sat around. <laughs> And we sat around in a semicircle and we read books like this. And there's something, the familiarity of this kind of book just kind of in and of itself brings a nice sense of peace to your heart. So are you, are you, um, can you conclude that this is a good book for grandparents as well as kids? Oh, I think so. I, I, I think it is. I tested it on my grandkids. <laughs> and they they sure love it. How many how many grandchildren do you have, Babby? We have nine. We have nine, nine. grandkids. We have two that what? live here in Georgia, seven that live in Detroit, and three great grands. Wow, good for yeah. you. So the age range is pretty wide, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, Max, you and I have known one another probably for twenty or maybe close to twenty five years. Yeah. Uh, when I was on the Word Record label, you were writing books for Thomas Nelson, and we were able to do some tours together, the Young Messiah tour, um, and things like that. And now that we are at this wonderful season in our lives, and we are able to reflect a little more on, you know, life and and our and some of the things that we've been able to do and experience. Um, you write a lot about the the faithfulness of God. Can you just reflect on that for a moment? You know, here we are in a, in a different season. We've known one another for a few minutes now, but <laughs> that there's an underlying theme, you know, that God is still faithful. Can you talk about that just to encourage he, us? He's still faithful. And I'm so thankful for you, Babby, that you've remained faithful <clears throat> all these many years and decades. <clears throat> Sorry for my voice. You know, the years have taken their toll on my vocal cords. That's the reason I don't preach as much as I used to. Yes. Uh, I'm just so grateful as I look back over the years that God has treated me with such grace. You, Babby, I'm an old drunk. That's all I am. I was a six-pack a guy. Wow. Uh, six-pack a day guy when I was in college. Uh, you would not have ever wanted a daughter to go out with me. I was a bum. I was a troublemaker. And yet the Lord had mercy on me. And to think that he would not only forgive me, but that he would commission me and use me to, to encourage other people, that in and of itself is a miracle. Uh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that he has kept me from making mistakes. Uh, I've been tempted. I certainly have. Uh, but he's kept me from falling. His promise that he would keep us from falling is true. And uh, I'm so thankful as I look back over my, my ministry that, that there's integrity in the ministry. Uh, we're not perfect, but our church is healthy. 
my ministry is respected and it brings glory to God. Uh, my wife, I think she loves me. I know I love her. Uh, our kids are, are not perfect, but, but they're healthy and they're growing in their faith. And so I'm just, I'm just so thankful. You know, Babby, you and I have both had friends and colleagues who got off track and, uh, that's a hard thing to witness. It's a hard thing to witness. And so I would encourage everybody, the young ministers, especially people who are early in their ministry, stay focused on Christ. Just stay focused on Christ. Don't be about building up yourself. Just be about building up the kingdom. Trust that God will do what you said. He'll be your, uh, he'll, he'll be your best booking agent. He'll open the doors and he'll close the doors. That's and trust right. him. And make yes. him make it about him and not about you, and you'll have a wonderful ministry. Amen. You know, Max, your voice, your your writing voice, your your speaking voice, your preaching voice, is one of the favorite voices is voices in my head. <laughs> and um, I thank God. Can I just say I'm grateful for how the Lord has used you to encourage me and so many others along the way. And we're living in a day and time where everybody's emotions are frazzled and it's taking an impact on families and, and on relationships. And as we close our interview, can you just um, speak a little bit on what hope really means? Because, you know, I know that my, I've had some wonderful days behind me, but I know that my best and brightest days are still out there in front of me. Yes. And yes. even if I uh, retire so to speak, you know, life doesn't end with retirement. My best and brightest days are still out there in front of me. So can, in closing, can you just encourage our, our viewers um, with a word of hope and just ref maybe define what that looks like to you? Yeah. Well, you know, when Jesus and his followers were in the upper room for the last supper, the Lord's supper, uh, the followers were happy. They had just enjoyed three years of, uh, ministry with Christ and Christ was dearly beloved by many. He was hated by few, but he was dearly beloved by many. For all they knew that the next uh, few years would just continue the same. But then Jesus told them what was going to happen the next day. And he spoke of betrayal. He spoke of death. Uh, and, and their world all of a sudden got turned upside down. And Jesus said to them, he said, now, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. I love that phrase, don't let your hearts be troubled. Amen. You know, it's possible to lead an untroubled life. So many people's hearts are perpetually troubled. They're yes. anxious, they're sad, they're agitated. But the fact that Jesus would tell us, don't let your hearts be troubled, implies it's possible to lead a life that is untroubled. Amen. And that's what God wants us to do. Well, how do that we do is that? The next phrase, trust in God, trust also in me. Yes. So uh, an unwavering trust leads to an untroubled heart. And that's all we can hope for. And God well, will provide it. Max, thank you so very much for your encouraging words. And thanks again for Where'd My Giggle Go? And uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful book with great illustrations. And uh, tell us where, where we can get it. Well, maxlocato.com is kind of a one-stop place for everything that I've ever done. Uh, but any bookstore, of course, Amazon and Christian book distributors uh, all carry that pro carry this product. Very good. Well, thanks so very much for letting me talk with you today, my friend. And, and it's good to catch up with you. And thanks for this great book, Where'd My Giggle Go? And we'll look for great 
for more great books as they come, okay? Okay, baby. Great to talk God bless to you. you. Keep up the great work. Same to you, my friend. God bless you. I don't know about you, but I love Max Lucado and I love his writings and his books and our conversation just encouraged me so much. And as I was talking with Max, I was reminded of a conversation I had the other day in the parking lot of a nearby grocery store. I had gone shopping and as I was uh, just getting myself together to, to leave the parking lot, a dear lady recognized me and she came up to the car. Of course, she was keeping her social distance, but she came up to the car and and she just had a had a word of testimony, and she said, "Babby, uh, your your music, your song, Standing in the Gap, uh, has just encouraged my heart so much." She had told me that that she had lost a family member recently, and that the song Standing in the Gap had really encouraged her heart, and that the song had given her hope. And we were talking about hope today with Max Lucado, and it just reminded me that your, your best and brightest days are not behind you, my friend. Your best and brightest days are still out there in front of you. And it reminds me of Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You have a hope, my friend. And as long as you have a pulse, you have a purpose. God loves you and he has a plan for your life. Thank you so very much for watching Babby's House today. And uh, thank you for tuning in. And it's always our prayer that something we say or something we do here on Babby's House will give you uh, a reason to trust God a little more, to love others a little more. Thank you so very much for being my very special guest here on Babby's House. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you, give you peace. That is our prayer. Thanks for joining me here. I'll see you the next time we get together. Until then, may God bless you and yours real good.